Welcome back to Questions You Never Thought to Ask, the Whitewater Kayaking Podcast. I'm Seth Ashworth, and this week I'm joined by man myth and Mexican legend Rafa Ortiz. Rafa, thanks for joining us. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me on the podcast. And we're just going to get straight into it. Um, a lot of people fired up about it. Uh, you were recently on fire. Uh, I don't know how recently you filmed it, but you recently released a video where you were on fire going off a waterfall. Yeah, dude, we filmed that. that. It was good. We filmed that at the end of last year. It was, a, it was like a crazy project, something I've been wanting to do for a bunch of years, actually. Um, after watching Burning Time, uh, when I was when I was a kid, I it's something I really wanted to like remake. Um, so yeah, finally last year I got GoPro fired up on the project, so they were able to come up with a budget, and you know we got these crazy fire specialists from Hollywood, basically. Um, and yeah, so last year we made it happen, and it was it was pretty awesome. And what like what does it feel like to be on fire? I think that's what a lot of people wanted to know. It was like you know wtf yeah well it was it was insane actually like the first the first time that we tried it in and we just tried it like in the parking lot first so that like there's like a learning curve to this you know like first it was like okay we got to go baby steps um so yeah ever since like the first time they lit me on fire it was it was like way beyond my expectations like you know i've i've, I've played a little bit with fire before i do a little bit of a fire poi well, I used to do when I was younger, but um, I thought that it would be something kind of like that. But honestly, like this is crazy because the fire is like, like you're literally on fire, like yourself. It's not away from you. It's, it's like directly on your body. So it's, it's crazy how fast it starts getting hot, how, you know, it's overwhelming. You can't breathe. It's, it's just like a crazy experience. Like I would, I definitely have a new fear for, for, for fire. Yeah, no doubt, man. That it was pretty, pretty wild. Um, just when I saw the video, I was like, "Oh my god, he that is like legit on fire, like all around him, not just like a little fire attached or anything." It was, I was stout. Um, a couple other stunts you've been involved in, including uh, lobstering off a waterfall. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's that's one of my favorites for sure. I claim the the world record for the biggest uh, inflatable pool toy waterfall ever run. I mean, yeah, it's just like, it seems like there's no limit to the amount of stupid stuff that you're, you're <laughs> able to get done in a kayak, but you're such a sick kayaker. I don't, why do you keep, um, do you think that it's like, this is what it takes to raise awareness for kayaking is these like out to lunch, like being on fire, lobster stunts for more people to like pay attention to whitewater kayaking. Um, I don't think that's my particular approach to this. I've just been in the past couple of years just looking for creative new angles of doing cool stuff, you know, and just kind of like ticking away like all these ideas that I've that I've had for a while. Um, and yeah, the lobster was just another, you know, crazy idea. Like, how can we do something like comedy, you know, that's funny, that's, you know, it, it, it is kind of serious in one hand but it's more just like a comedy twist you know where it's just like for me it's more like an expression of like in the end what we're trying to do in our kayaks is it's it's kind of funny in the end too you know we're we're very serious about our sport and in the end we're just floating down river in topperware containers you know yeah for sure for sure so, so and yeah, like that's kind of that, that was kind of like the whole the whole purpose of that that uh, the lobster stunt 
Yeah, I think I mean, don't get me wrong, I think like all these things you're doing are great and it's a really great way to increase exposure for um for everyone, you know, for whitewater kayaking to see like even if they maybe come to see it because you know you're a man on fire going off a waterfall, but you know, afterwards they'll stay to keep checking in on it because they're now they're interested in it and they uh, you know, they want to see what it's all about. Um but yeah, ultimately I guess we're just all down here in our Tupperware Tupperware containers, right? Yeah. All right, let's talk Chasing Niagara for a bit. Um, the feature film you did with Rush a couple of years ago. You spent a lot of time um, preparing for it and really a lot of time in the town of Niagara. I think what a lot of people really want to know is what's your favorite place to eat there? What's the best bar, nightclub, strip club, whatever? Ooh, there's a bunch of different options there. I definitely remember spending a bit of time on Margaritaville there. Uh, there was a bunch of restaurants. Honestly, Niagara's... It's kind of it's kind of a crazy place. If you've never been there, it's. I mean, I I recommend it, but at the same time, I don't. It's it's a good place to go see for for once, but it's it's kind of messed up, you know. Honestly, how like Mother Nature meets Vegas, like consumism world, and yeah, it's 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 kind of crazy for sure. But yeah, definitely, we spent a lot of time there. I kept going back and back and back there, and yeah, there's there's definitely good joints there. That's the cool part about the tourist part of it you know that there's amazing options <laughs> for being around there but uh but yeah nothing nothing too special yeah it's definitely like the the las vegas of canada i think it's um like yeah kind of wild out to lunch like right there with the big waterfall and then it's like you drive away and then it's like nothing for miles and miles and miles yeah it's it's bad dude it's, it's, it's funny. yeah so much, it's so much like vegas in that style right but but, it, but I don't know, in, in my kayaker perspective, I think, I don't know, it's kind of heartbreaking, you know? Like, I'd rather go to a place like Iwazu, for example. The big waterfalls of Iwazu down in South America are amazing because they're just, like, pristine, you know? They've built these amazing walkways to access them to give that opportunity to tourists, but they're still kind of preserved. Like, you go and you ride this, like, little train if you're on the Brazil side, you ride this walkway if you're in Argentina, but they're, like, you feel like you're still in nature, you know, versus where you go to Niagara, you're just, yeah, like you're in the middle of, you know, consumist world. And it, I don't know, in my opinion, it kind of sucks. Yeah, it's difficult as well to navigate around the town of Niagara because like everywhere is like $1,000 to park. And then <laughs> anytime when you're walking around, you can just get like swept up in a bus of tourists, uh, you know, and then like you like in the ocean tsunami of tourist world with like following a person with a flag and you're trying to get somewhere and there's like a hundred, like two buses of people coming the other way. Uh, yeah, Niagara, no, it's great. Everyone should go. Um, well, let's talk about working with Rush. What's, uh, what's the worst part about working with Rush? The worst part about working with Rush, um, he's definitely a little bit, he, it, it's hard to get him to be flexible with certain things. Um, I think that's definitely the hardest thing about working with him. Uh, he has a very like set mind on something, you know, especially like on the directive, directive side. So that was definitely one of the hardest things for me working with him, like try to like, you know, be like, dude, what if we, you know, try this angle? I just thought about this. I mean, I feel like I was also way younger and way more like, I don't know, had like all these crazy ideas always, but, um, but yeah, I feel like he's, a, he's an amazing director, you know, and I think that's part of why he's so good at what he does, you know, cause he, he has a vision, you know, and he is going to put everything he has to go for that vision. Um, and yeah, sometimes it's, it's, it's hard to get him to be like, okay, Rafa, let's try your 
idea and this cool angle that he wanted to try on this waterfall. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an amazing opportunity working with such a talented um, director. There's, um, there's one part of the movie where he pretty much sends you back to like day one rolling practice. How did that feel? <laughs> like it was great. I mean, honestly, it was cool. Like that, that was the other amazing part about working with him and Evan. Um, just like having these two like mentors too, you know, that helped me out a lot. Um, like working on my technique and all the stuff that I needed to, um, to work on for, you know, for such a big challenge. Um, you know, I've been running waterfalls for, for a long time, but, but these guys are just kind of like in the forefront, you know, of, of the sport and they've been doing it for longer than I had. So yeah, that was, that was a really, really they're cool. They're pretty idea. great. Uh, they're great. Like bar mentors as well. They definitely know <laughs> how to turn it up to 11 out there, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's definitely good, good memories for sure. with those two. Man, throwing it back, let's talk about mentors for a little bit. You, you were on some trips early on with um, like Scott Langren and Ben Stukesbury and um, Chris Kobulik. Like you, you were in one of those like early Pakistan trips, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, Stukesbury is my original mentor. Like I used to be into freestyle up to 2006. And then when I met uh, Stukesbury, that's kind of where my whole game changed in kayaking because that, like, he's the one that taught me how to run waterfalls. We, we kind of teamed up for for doing the first like full descent of the Alsaseca back in 2006 and and that's you know the guy that you know taught me how to go off my my first waterfall in the in Veracruz and and yeah I learned so much from him I went on to go on a couple trips with him to India to Brazil to Pakistan um yeah and it's I don't know dude I, I truly believe in in mentors you know it's it's something that you know, I think not a lot of people put the effort or, or even the mind into, but I truly believe that if you want to not just learn something, but excel at something, the best, the easiest path to do it is, is finding a mentor. And it's not finding someone that's just a little bit better than you, but it's finding someone that's like a hundred times better than you at something. Um, so yeah, with, with Stooksbury, it was amazing learning, not just running waterfalls, but also how to you know, pull off an expedition, how to drop into the unknown, what do you need to check for? Like, what are all like the, it, it's kind of, you know, it's, there, there's a lot that goes to it, you know, dropping into a first descent river, a river that no one has ever been in before um, and doing it safely. So, yeah. So that um, was, what's, what's your advice for finding a mentor for, for, for like the, the young kids, the up and comers who are like, all right, Rafa doesn't need to find someone a hundred times better than me. Like, how do you track that person down? How do you approach them to be like, yo, I think, I think, I think the first thing is just not being afraid. You know, I mean, I have a, I like, I have a bunch of kids like re reaching out to me and I feel like a lot of people just get stuck in like an Instagram DM, you know, and just like, Hey, do you do it? Like, but, but like the most success I've seen, at least like from the other end, you know, from maybe like now I could be a mentor to someone's experience. Um, like the most success I've seen is someone that's willing to like, like, go the way you know like like if you want to like get really good at creaking well maybe you just need to buy a ticket to white salmon you know and like go knock on a door or go stand at the pudding you know i feel like people people tend to like get stuck on the way you know and, and not just applies for mentors but applies for so many other things in life you know i think that like success is fine with resilience you know with actually going down the path and doing things yeah, I agree with that like 100%. Like that's pretty much how I ended up being like working in Canada was because I like I didn't have a job when I showed up here. I just showed up and I was like, yo, I want to go kayaking every day and I'll do whatever it takes to, you know, to, to make that happen. Uh, and eventually they were like, 
the company I was working for at the time, Wilderness Toys, was like, all right, fine. Yeah, we got some grass and he's cutting. We'll figure it out. Dude, uh, tell- you know, and that was like seven years ago. Because if you think about the other side, you know, if, if they're a company, and they, they probably get a ton of emails, you know, of people that want to work for them. But that just says that they want to work for them versus someone that's willing to, you know, knock on their door. That says a lot about, you know, the other side, the other, you know, the human being that's actually, you know, wanting to, to put the effort into something. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's choice. And are you mentoring kids right now? Like what's your, you're in White Salmon at the moment, like a lot of up and comers. It's like becoming quite the the scene it's quite the place to be um do you have someone who's who you're on the regular paddling with who you're totally, totally. nursing through I, I, I always try to like i don't know i feel i feel like it's 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 kind of like it should be kind of part of our life you know to do both you know not just to like find mentors but also to be able to share you know experience and, and knowledge with other generations so yeah there's definitely a couple a couple of people around here that i've been like trying to pal with there's this kid actually that i i met at otter bar last year he was doing a a clinic at Otter Bar with his dad, uh, this kid, um, Axel. Um, and yeah, I pal with him last year and I was like, damn, this kid is really good. And yeah, I've been trying to like pal with him as much as I can with he, he lives a little further down South, like three hours South. Uh, so yeah, whenever he comes up, he hits me up and I try to go out pal with him. And, you know, I think it's, yeah, it's crucial for sure to like put the effort into that. Yeah. Agree. Agree. A hundred percent. Um, let's shift, shift gears for a minute. Uh, you just started a new clothing line, which has a pretty strong message. I think the the line is called Flow Collective, and your number one message is "fuck dams." Uh, and you're donating a percentage of the profits to somewhere. Do you want to tell us about that? Like, I think it's a great message. What started it? What are you doing? Yeah. So, I mean, the original idea is that you know I realized that you know I've, I've been kayaking for like like 17 years, um, and I've always felt that there's like there's a gap for something like kayaking is a very strong community sport more than more than almost like any other sport um and i remember you know when i was a kid i was a skateboarder and it was so easy to go by you know either like a blind or a girl or a thrasher sweatshirt you know and put it on and feel like you're a skateboarder i mean like i, I remember when i was a kid like if i was going to a party i wanted to like to tell people that i'm a skateboarder you know because that's who i am and it's it's the same thing with kayaking i feel like we were we're missing that right now. And that's, that's kind of my goal, you know, to eventually be, be that brand, you know, an apparel brand that represents kayakers, you know? So, so it's pretty obvious at the start that, that I definitely, I wanted something with a voice to, you know, like, I think there's definitely a trend right now for, for, you know, for green. And I think that that's one thing that unites us all as kayakers, you know, the fact that through rivers, through, our stupid little Tupperware containers were able to appreciate nature more than any other human being. So it was pretty obvious that, you know, the, the brand had to, you know, have that twist and then it all kind of made sense, you know, and then we just donate 10% of our profits to be able to, you know, not just like put it in words, but put it into actions. Um, you know, so far the first bit of um, the first donation, we organized a, a big river cleanup in, in Veracruz. And, and that's kind of what I want to do, not just, donate it to others i mean for sure we will donate at some point to american whitewater and other entities that are already doing the efforts but i definitely want something like pretty hands-on you know i mean we're we just launched two months ago so it's definitely you know pretty green project still but um but i love the idea and you know i'm, I'm super motivated to um to keep pushing in that direction yeah i think it's a great idea i think uh 
you know, like we're we're kind of all in this together. So we do need to start thinking a little bit more about what we're doing to to clean up our space and um, make sure that it's it's going to be you know clean for future generations as well. Um, you're a Mexican living in America. You got a green card. You're like you're set. They're not they're not getting rid of you. What do you think about the wall? What do I think about what? Sorry, the wall. Trump Trump's wall. Oh, oh, the wall. I thought you said yeah. war. Sorry, your English accent kind of twists me off. It's difficult, yeah, <laughs> especially because I live here now and it's not very strong anymore. And I'm like, um, I've only had a couple of cups of coffee this morning and I'm kind of slurring. And <laughs> oh, that's right, you're in Canada. I got you. Um, about the wall. Well, I don't know, dude. It definitely, it definitely kind of pisses me off a little bit. Um, I mean, there, I definitely understand like some, you know, like what one of the sides to that, but in, I don't know, dude, I, I don't like getting too much into politics. I'm definitely, I think it's uh, a more effective, I'm, I'm waiting for like, uh, Trudeau to announce the Northern privacy hedge, you know, just like a, a nice green, well-kept six foot hedge <laughs> along the, along the line. Yeah, dude, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's. I think. I think it just like expresses. Like that, that's. I'm a. I'm a big like marketing person. I think that's like where I've like centered like all my efforts in the past ten years. And and in my like marketing mind, it's just such like a. I don't know. It's a just like such a heavy thought. Honestly, I think it expresses more than than anything else. But, you ever watch? Um, you ever watch South Park? Yeah. There's that, that. There's that really great. Um, like I don't know, a couple of years ago, there was a really great episode where like Canada builds a wall and then one of the one of the characters I can't remember is like running for president and he's like gets fired in a cannon over the wall into Canada it's like it's a pretty entertaining episode <laughs> I need to look for it yeah it's great man highly recommend all right so I put it out there on the gram uh, and on the Facebooks and things um, for some audience questions and there was actually quite a lot of questions uh, I had to cut a few out because they were like kind of too serious and they weren't really in the theme of this podcast. So um, apologies to those people. But um, yeah, there was like the normal ones, like how old were you when you started kayaking, blah, blah, blah. Someone who wanted a sauna hookup because you've got a sauna hookup now. Um, but the one we're going to start off with is Dano Jones Kayak asks, what is your least favorite taco filling? Oh, least favorite taco filling. I think um, veggie. Um, I think that like taco. I mean, I don't know. I like like if you're a vegetarian, you're kind of screwed in Mexico because it's oh, so screwed. Yeah. Tacos are such a big like like carnivore thing, you know. And 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 I I'm starting to see some of these like vegetarian tacos, and definitely my least favorite. I think a taco needs to be meat. If I ever go vegetarian, I would you know I would probably lose lose tacos, and that would be really sad. But yeah, I think tacos have to be meat. My favorite is probably just good old pastor or or some cheese with meat, something like that. Hot oh, dang. So um, let's segue for a second here. Have you been hanging out with Rush a lot? Because he's been on that pretty heavy vegan train. Uh, you know, the no meat. <laughs> Do you have taco nut at his house? What's going on? <laughs> like, it's hard actually hanging out with him nowadays because, yeah, he can't, he can't come out for – you know, just dinner. We got to like cook something special for him. But no, I've actually, I haven't hung out with him too much in the past year. He's been, he's been hurt. So it's been hard not being able to uh, pal with him. I used to pal with him just about every day. Um, and then, yeah, he's been hurting from his shoulders, but uh, yeah, it sounds like he's, he's finally in the, on a good path to recover. Yeah, he's on the up and up, I think for sure. Yeah. 
Except for, you know, he's just on the veggie program. So I don't know how you have tobacco night and white salmon. Uh, all right, next question. Next question. We'll keep moving along. Bryce Kinsey asks, if you could go to Mars, who would you go with? And what would be the first thing you would show to all the Martians and why? Ooh, who would I go with with Mars? Probably with my wife. Yeah, um, that's smart. That's smart. <laughs> you know, if you're going to spend a lot of time somewhere, definitely. I chose my my life partner and... Yeah, I think if you go to Mars, you're not coming back, so... <laughs> exactly. And what would I show them? I mean, it's kind of hard because I would probably want to show them kayaking, but I don't think they've found water in Mars yet, have they? Uh, I think they have frozen bodies of water, and they're, like, looking underground for uh, flowing water. Crash. I think it's, it's probably there. I just listened to a podcast the other day with um, Brian Cox, like, the physicist, who thought yeah. it was, like, it was probably there. Uh, well, I feel like I would probably bring an iPhone because I think an iPhone is what expresses a lot of, like, you know, the, the highest expression <laughs> of humanity right now. I mean, that's one chance, but I think if Martians were there, they would probably be like, dude, that's that's stupid. I mean, they're probably smarter than us. Uh, no doubt, dude. Uh, okay, next question. <laughs> ben P. Osman asks, if you could set fire to one of your paddling buddies and send them off a waterfall, who would it be and why? Uh... I don't know. I would say, I don't know. One of my Mexican friends, probably, probably Eker. He's like my, my best bro in Mexico. Um, he would, I'm sure he would excel at being on fire, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it would be more just about like sharing an experience, you know? Yeah, that's, that's tight. Uh, Tracy Lynn asks, if you could be pregnant on behalf of your wife, who is birth <laughs> any day now, would you? Uh. Sure, I'll take it. <laughs> really? I mean, yeah, why not? I'm all about um, I'm all about equality, you know, about um, cool. equal rights, and yeah, I think it's something that you know us men will never experience. It's definitely a burden that you know women have to go through. So it's yeah. a burden. I'm sure about that. <laughs> I mean, hey. you should see Fair right now. She's definitely we're so due date is tomorrow. So she's about nine months pregnant right now, and she's definitely. Feels like she's about to burst. <laughs> I bet. Holy. Um, okay, next question. Move it on. I've just got uh, three to go here. Uh, Rocco, who's a, if Wacker offered you a sponsorship, would you take it? No, probably not. I'm stoked with Jackson. I've always been and always be stoked with their kayaks. Chris Ryman asks, uh, was your mustache affected by being on fire? <laughs> no. No, we definitely it was definitely a factor, but uh they made sure that I had enough gel all over my face. I posted that photo on my Instagram story uh the other day of uh me just like completely covered in that gel. Like, yeah, I saw it. It looked gnarly. Kind of gross, actually. But uh, but yeah. But, like you're spreading cancer paste on your face. <laughs> it was rowdy. And last last question. Oh, I can't remember who asked this one. I've had it written down. Uh if you could be any other pro kayaker, who would you be and why? Uh, probably Benny. He's just the happiest person I know. So he's so great. I just had him on the podcast um, a couple weeks ago. Oh, I was yeah, talking about yeah. health and fitness again. He's like, you know, he's really into healthy eating and and yeah. staying fit and stuff. All right. Well, like this has been. <laughs> he's he's the best. <laughs> um, this has been questions you never thought to ask with uh, Rafael Ortiz. I'm Seth Ashworth. Um, if you don't already, please subscribe to this podcast, and I will see you or hear, you'll hear me. We'll, we'll speak again in two weeks, so I will see you then. Peace. You.